It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. Visiting Las Vegas is now a two-way street. What used to be what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas will now have to be reconfigured. In the past, it's always been about the effect of Las Vegas on visitors, but with COVID, it has now become the effect of visitors on Las Vegas. And not just the employees of the Strip and downtown, but the community itself. My guest, Marta Soligo, is author of an original research article, What Happens Here? Educating Las Vegas' Guests During COVID-19 published in the UNLV Gaming Research and Review Journal. Marta is a research assistant at the UNLV International Gaming Institute, as well as a PhD candidate in sociology at UNLV, where she teaches sociology of leisure and tourism. And you can follow Marta on Twitter at Soligo underscore Marta and on Instagram at TourismMarta. Marta, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Well, your article flips the traditional view of Las Vegas by visitors and reminds people that there is a community here and that the actions of visitors in the COVID era have consequences. What brought your focus to this issue? You know, as you said, I'm a sociologist, and I like to define myself as a sociologist of tourism. As, as the article you mentioned basically says, when we talk about sociology of tourism, we basically talk about one thing, the relationship between host and guests. Right, So the host communities and the guests, the tourists. So for me, it's fundamental to study communities right, in, in tourism settings. And what's interesting is that, as probably we all know, uh, when it comes to Las Vegas, it's a little bit hard to think about the topic of community because we all, tourists usually think of these big resorts on the street and that's it. But what, what about what's around that? And you even talk about the fact that People come into Las Vegas. There are scholars, some scholars, some members of the media that parachute in and have a very superficial view of Las Vegas. And yet there's obviously a big community here. It's a a city. So how did you decide to focus, though, specifically on this approach in terms of recalibrating what visitors think of Las Vegas? So uh, I'm very happy and very proud to be part of the Department of Sociology at UNLV. We're really like professors. Uh, There are several professors who work hard uh, to show through their research that Las Vegas is a real city, uh, as uh, Dr. David Dickens, uh, who I mentioned in 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 my paper, says. So um, to me, you know, I'm from Italy and I was really interested, and this is why I moved here to attend a PhD in sociology uh, five years ago, to understand what's behind this city, because I was this city that is always defined as fake, inauthentic, like not a real city. And I was personally, since since the beginning, since the, since the moment I started studying tourism, I was really interested in the role of authenticity in tourism. And I thought, what about Las Vegas, <laughs> which is always considered, in fact, not authentic? What yeah, about it's, it's the community? Yes, exactly. And you were originally down in Los Angeles at UCLA. And then we could talk a little bit about that in terms of your uh, investigation of, of, I believe, the cemeteries down there, the celebrity cemeteries. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's, I, I really like that. Uh, so I, when I was in LA, I analyzed as a visiting scholar at UCLA, I was analyzing like a film induced tourism in LA and celebrity tourism. And I found these fascinating places, four cemeteries in LA, um, where, where my case study, when I really tried to understand why tourists from all over the world cross the oceans sometimes just to go and bring a flower or a card in front of, of their favorite star's grave. So that was extremely interesting. Yes, and you took that kind of curiosity to Las Vegas with you. And what I like about what you did and what you do is you have an open mind about it. You're, again, I reference the some scholars and some members of the media who parachute in and think that they know Las Vegas. And I've been here a long time, and I can tell these people that they don't know Las Vegas. There's so much here, and you come in with an open mind, and you look at it, and you proceed from that, from that vantage point, from that viewpoint. I agree, and also what I what I learn is that time when it comes to research, and I think even journalism is important. So, like just spending just one weekend on the strip and go home, I don't know to you to New York or to Rome and write a very nasty article about Las Vegas. You know, it's not that fair. And I talk as a researcher, and as a researcher, I know that you have to spend time on the field, especially like my research methods, which is ethnography. I really spent time on the field. So, and I'm sure if that if those scholars and journalists who write very superficial articles about Las Vegas spend time here, they will change their mind. But that's always the trick is to get them to spend more time, or at least in the short time they're here, have an open mind about things. What, mm-hmm. what, what was the most surprising thing you found so far about Las Vegas? We're going to go more into depth about your basic assumptions about how to deal with tourism, given we're in the era of COVID. But before we do that, what was, what was your initial impression of Las Vegas? Well, as you can imagine, being from Italy and studying tourism, you can imagine uh, my reaction when I saw the Venetian, the Caesars Palace, the Bellagio, so many resorts. Recalling, replicating the heritage of my country. And that became the topic of, of actually my doctoral dissertation. This is what I'm writing about right now. Italian themed attractions on the street. And what was your first take though when you saw these various edifices that reflect in a way some of your culture, but not authentically necessarily? Were you offended? Were you enthralled? Was it a mix of, of the two? I really had mixed feelings, but I was surprised by how good they were done. Really, really detailed, you know. And I could tell, like, that the architects really went to the original places and and learned how uh, things were made in Italy. Because, and I was surprised. Of course, you can imagine when you go to the. To the I basically grew up in Venice very close to Venice, so I I know Venice very well. And you can imagine when I saw like gondolas at the Venetian in a Grand Canal at the Venetian in a very small space. So it was extremely interesting. And no, I wasn't like offended. I was like honored because I think that still it, Italy is the most relevant theme on the strip with like four resorts at least, like the Palazzo, the Venetian, Bellagio, Caesar's Palace. So I, I'm honored and I know, you know, I interview Italian tourists who come here, and I can tell you that everyone understands that no one was trying to replicate the original thing. It will be impossible. It would. Are you surprised at the reaction of, you mentioned you interview Italians that come here to visit. Do you, are you surprised at their reactions to what they see? Well, 
yeah, that, that is, is very interesting because they, they laugh sometimes because it's so, it's really like they say, oh, that's so weird, but they feel honored. Of course, some, someone sometimes is offended, but that's not that much. It's just very interesting, like, you know, being in, inside a resort and you have like the Grand Canal and the San Mark Square with gondolas or the Colosseum, you know, it's very interesting. Before we talk a little bit more about your actual study, and that, that's what intrigued me, were you surprised by what you encountered in Las Vegas when you first moved here? Well, that, that, it was very interesting. I told you I come from a small city in Italy, like a very small historic city. And coming here was like a big, big... I mean, I lived in LA, so I, I was familiar with American cities. But I really love this, like this city in the desert uh, with the strip. And really, it's like, you know, um, it's really like uh, my my special place as a sociologist of tourism. I really think that Las Vegas, since the very beginning, I understood that was meaningful to me. Do you have any challenges because of the fact that you're bilingual? In other words, you obviously have an Italian accent, which is great for our show. But um, when you're writing your, your papers, it's clearly in very good English. So do you ever have that challenge where you're thinking in Italian and writing in English? Thank you for your question. At the beginning, it was very hard, uh, and I still think that my English, of course, is not perfect, and I don't know if it will ever be. But uh, at the beginning, I was struggling much more. But now, you know, living here, um, I'm really like, I think my English improved a lot. And I have to say that UNLV has the greatest English writing center. So, you know, it's really helpful. And for like, PhD candidates like me is a free service and they can help you with your papers and everything. So that's why UNLV really supported me and also like professors and, and so on. So I was very, very lucky. So they smooth out a little bit of the, of the written English, in other words. Mm -hmm, yes. And now um, I think like also the written English part is improving and I'm able to write almost like, yeah, basically oh. entirely by myself. Yeah, no, that's great. So your article... And it's, again, it's an original research article called What Happens Here? Educating Las Vegas' Guests During COVID-19. It's really also educating Las Vegas guests after COVID-19 as well, based on what I read. In other words, what you're trying to do is sensitize visitors to what the community is here and change a little bit of what that slogan used to be about what happens here and making people just more conscious and aware of their imprint on a community. Yes, exactly. So when in 2003, the Las Vegas Visitors Convention Authority launched the tagline, what happens here stays here, really became one of the most effective like marketing campaigns ever made. So, uh, but uh, created an image for the city that it's not my job to judge, you know, because I'm a sociologist, so I'm really always try to be objective, but actually really gave a new image to the city and was a great strategy, I have to say, because really it worked. But at the same time, how do you deal with COVID when you know that things actually right now don't stay here, like the virus, so you spread it to the community if you don't behave in, your, in the right way as a tourist and you take it back home. You know, so how can we change the idea that uh, both these uh, tagline, what happens here, stays here, but also movies such as The Hangover gave of Las Vegas, the city where everything is allowed. Well, now you have to wear masks, masks, you have to respect social distancing. So how is it possible to educate 
in such a short amount of time, right? Because, I mean, it's not like that you have the time to prepare. It happened everything like in a month uh, all of a sudden. So how can you educate in a short amount of time tourists uh, to behave in the city that is considered sin city where everything is allowed? Yes, it's definitely a challenge. You mentioned about the marketing campaign in June of 2020 with the Vegas Smart tag. Did that help from your point of view? Was it effective? Did it at least accomplish a little bit of what, what Las Vegas was trying to do? Well, definitely. And th- th- that message, I mean, I think that they did a very good job uh, at the CDA and really showed that. Uh, I posted some picture in my article with like their advertising uh, on Instagram. They say, mask your face, not your fun, or cover your face and cover your wild side. So those taglines were, were very interesting. Try to convince people wearing masks. So I really think that both LVCVA and the resorts themselves really work hard, very hard to make sure, and I conducted research on that and at the International Gaming Institute, we really did like a very thorough research. They really work hard to make sure that everything was safe. But at the same time, it's impossible to control every single tourist, right? And the way they behave. So... I think it's still too early to know the numbers, you know, the data. But I think, uh, I don't know how effective it was, but it's cool that I think it's important that uh, uh, it came from LVCVA and from the resorts themselves, this effort. I think it helps set a tone, at least at a baseline level, so that yeah. you can build on that. And the fact that it wasn't done by the quote-unquote government, it was done by the LVCVA and individual resorts, yeah, as you say, I completely agree. Like the fact it came from LVCDA means a lot. I, as I t- told my students, you know, we don't know if it's affected, but the fact that it's out there, it's still good. Well, let's take a break. My guest, Marta Soligo, is author of an original research article, What Happens Here? Educating Las Vegas' Guests During COVID-19. It's published in the UNLV Gaming Research and Review Journal. Marta is a research assistant at the UNLV International Gaming Institute, as well as a PhD candidate in sociology at UNLV, where she teaches sociology of leisure and tourism. And you can follow Marta on Twitter at Soligo underscore Marta and on Instagram at Tourist Marta. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. Come discover a world of possibilities, a world of wonder, a world carefully curated with interactive, hands-on experiences that put the unique needs of children to play, explore, belong, and learn right where they should be, and that's first. Discovery Children's Museum. Our kids first. For more information, please visit discoverykidslv.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Marta Soligo. She's author of an original research article, What Happens Here? Educating Las Vegas' Guests During COVID-19, published in the UNLV Gaming Research and Review Journal. Marta is a research assistant at the UNLV International Gaming Institute, as well as a PhD candidate in sociology at UNLV, where she teaches sociology of leisure and tourism. And you can follow Marta, that's M-A-R-T-A, Marta, on Twitter at Soligo underscore Marta and on Instagram at Tourist Marta. And Marta, let me get a little bit in terms of the concept of sociology of leisure and tourism. 
Can you define that in a nice, friendly way as to what that actually means? Yeah, so first of all, let's start by saying that I really think that tourism is a leisure to our mirrors of society. So I always found in my research that the way people travel is really reflects changing changes in society and vice versa. So changes in society reflect the way people travel. And we see, like, for example, right now with COVID, right, uh, less money, uh, more fear, uh, health issues, and tourism almost stopped, right? So whatever happens in society happens in tourism. And this relationship, I think, is extremely interesting. And you decided to focus on that. We were talking earlier about the short-term strategy, as an example, the LVCA marketing campaign, Vegas Smart. What about a long-term strategy? Have you thought about that? Have you come up with some recommendations that people might be able to use, either the, the gaming industry or governmental agencies that can help promote the fact that visitors and guests should be cognizant of their impact on the community that they visit? Of course, as I wrote in the article, I think that the long-term solution is to make people aware of the Las Vegas community. And things are going pretty well in that sense, I think. Like, for example, from a tourism perspective, they are starting really promoting uh, like visits to Red Rock Canyon or to Boulder City, right? That's like off-the-strip attractions. So that's good. And people can see that there is much more than just the strip, for example. But also now I can see as a leisure researcher that the, the fact that we have sports teams is starting to make uh, understand people understand that this is a city, a real city, which is really interesting, right? Several people told me, you know, here in the U.S., you become a city when you have official sports teams. So this, I found it very interesting. So uh, when it's a slow process for sure, but the media and uh, scholars together and LBCVA, if all together work, in a system to show really tourists that there is a community here, well, that can be a really good uh, long-term solution. Yes, it is a long-term solution, and there are steps that can be taken. You mentioned about, for example, the professional sports, and certainly the Vegas Golden Knights and the Raiders have made an impact in terms of that. People saying, hey, this city has professional sports teams, so we're going to perceive it as a city as well as a fun spot to visit. Exactly. And I also have to say that, uh, unfortunately, the shooting on the 1st of October of 2017 really raised awareness about the role uh, about the Las Vegas community. I remember that I had media from Italy calling me that night because they saw on social media that I was an Italian living in Las Vegas. Uh, and so they called me and, they, and everyone was asking, all the media were asking me, Oh, but Las Vegas as a community, we see that people are very generous. They are donating blood and so on. And I saw, and I said, of course, there is a community and really a strong community. And we are showing right now a strong, a strong sense of community. I think the paper that you did also, in a subtle way, pointed out that we're our own worst enemy in the sense that with the slogan, what happens here stays here and other marketing themes over the decades that it goes back even further into the 50s. You have a promotion of Las Vegas as a fun-in-the-sun environment and not really taking into account that there is a community here. So you're fighting decades of a certain kind of imagery. 
For sure. And, uh, you know, this reflects what uh, in tourism we call like branding uh, or like territorial branding, which means that no matter what, uh, every destination has to have an image, a brand. So it's kind of the chicken and the egg, as you are saying. So, yeah. I mean, and, and I interview people in these past few years that I was here, and several people told me, as long as they talk about Las Vegas and people come here, well, no matter what brand we have, uh, you know, as long as we have people coming here. So, yes, it's really like a circle, and the media, and the tourist behavior, and the messages at LVCVA, and even before, as you were saying, already in the 50s. So, yes. I think the branding, we have to reflect on this idea of branding the destination. And do you think this branding or viewpoint or perspective can be institutionalized in the sense that can it be baked into our marketing programs and our city so that that becomes the new Las Vegas, so to speak? Of course. Yeah, it can be. We have examples of that. Uh, we study again with my students. I always show how Several destinations worldwide change their image, for example. But I think Las Vegas is being pretty, pretty successful right now in doing that. Of course, now COVID is, is stopping all of this. But I think that, yes. But we can talk about rebranding too, for sure. From your point of view and, and your research, what do you think should be the optimal relationship between visitors and local communities, in this case, Las Vegas? What, what should be that optimal relationship? Well, I think that we are leading a trend right now, and this is a good thing, where tourists are slowly becoming aware of communities. Before, uh, you know, with the rise of mass tourism after World War II, uh, you know, the, the kind of the motto of tourists was, I pay to be here and everywhere, you know, and I don't really care about the community. I own this place for because I paid, right? And uh, we always hear this sentence, right? Tourists don't behave the way they behave in, at home. We always say that. We always heard that. But slowly we are noticing that uh, tourist operator institutions, but tourists themselves are slowly like educating themselves to become more conscious, especially when it comes to sustainability, environmental and cultural sustainability. So we are, we are seeing like a slow process, and that's good. Do you think that's partly generational? It's generational for sure. I was like listening exactly the other day that new generations are definitely much more interested in topics such as environmental sustainability, communities. So, yes. Interesting. From your point of view, what role does the government play, either the Gaming Control Board or the Gaming Commission? or other governmental agencies, do they have a part in this new reality in terms of enforcing what the new connection will be with Las Vegas? Meaning people are going to really have to abide by certain rules in terms of COVID, but also in terms of their new viewpoint of Las Vegas once COVID goes away. Of course. So I'm not extremely expert uh, in the gaming control board activities and so on. What can I tell you is that I really noticed that building systems and collaborations is fundamental. As I always say, I have a master's degree in planning and management of tourism systems, and I understand that without collaboration, nothing can happen. So again, it has to be a constant dialogue between institutions 
institutions and stakeholders and the community, right? So institutions, resorts, community members, and so on. Only if we create a system, we can really have good outcomes. So it's a continuation, really, of the unique private-public partnership that we tend to see in Las Vegas. Yes. I think this is key, and uh, uh, it's, it's key, and also it's fundamental to remember to involve community members, as always. How do you plan on monitoring this evolving change of the connection between guests and the community here in Las Vegas? I will keep my my ethnography going and I will keep interviewing people from the communities as well as executives, as well as managers. And I would love to interview subjects in the public, so institutions. So I really plan on doing like something like that, as, as, I, as we are already doing at the International Gaming Institute. So really talking with, with everyone, trying to understand and also analyze, as I did in this article you mentioned, marketing campaigns and like guidelines in this case for COVID. So yes, it's going to be like a very broad analysis, but I will try to make it very detailed. And do you think that once you get your PhD, will you stay in this world of uh, cultural leisure? Absolutely. Yes, this is what I want to do. I love the sociology of tourism and really this is what I want to do. So, yes. And do you envision staying in Las Vegas and then using this as a base for your further study? I will love that. It really depends on the job market because uh, I will be on the job market soon. And it depends on, you know, it's not an easy moment (laughs) for people on the job market right now. So I, I I will hope so. What's your biggest takeaway from being in Las Vegas several years now? Are you optimistic about Las Vegas or pessimistic about Las Vegas? I'm very optimistic because I think that this city has so much to offer and much more than people know. So I really can't wait for people to know, especially, you know, European, because maybe people from California, from the U.S., they know about Hoover Dam. But when you Go to outside of the U.S., like in Europe, they just know the strip, you know. Oh, really? They make fun of me. Are you doing a PhD in Las Vegas? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, I'm serious. There is a very good university, very, very good, you know. So really, I, I can't wait for people too. So I'm positive because I see people are discovering places right now. So you could become our ambassador to the world. Yes, yes. Already when I go back to Italy, like... Uh, visiting my family uh, and people ask me questions. I always like promote Vegas attractions. And do you think with the changes that we're going to see happening here that, as you said, they were surprised that you live and work in Las Vegas and that you study the sociology of leisure and tourism. Do you think that that mindset by others will change as they see more and more people like you getting out there and talking about Las Vegas? Yes, yes. I already like, sometimes I talk with people on Instagram. Uh, I have some people who I never met in person who follow me and they keep saying thank you because you're showing amazing places like parks and Red Rock uh, and Lake Mead through your images. And everyone is like, I'm taking notes from my next trip. So I really think that uh, people, and of course, tour operators in Italy that promote travels to Las Vegas should do that. And I'm sure they're really starting to do that more and more. And don't forget Mount Charleston, too. Exactly. Mount Charleston. I, I always have a post in the winter, like, 
snow in the desert and everyone is so surprised, you know, in Italy. Well, good luck on your job search. Maybe the LBCVA will hire you. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Marta Soligo. She's author of an original research article, What Happens Here? Educating Las Vegas' Guests During COVID-19. It's published in the UNLV Gaming Research and Review Journal. Marta is a research assistant at the UNLV International Gaming Institute, as well as a PhD candidate in sociology at UNLV, where she teaches sociology of leisure and tourism. And you can follow Marta on Twitter at Soligo underscore Marta and on Instagram at Tourist Marta, where you can see all those great photos. Marta, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I was very happy to do this. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.